Hold one. Arm drag. Brett screwed Brett. It's me, Austin. I did it for the rock. Oh, shut your mouth, you thong wearing fatty. Number four, arm bar. I am Sir Michael Cole. What? Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Grapplecast. It's me, your host, Taryn, alongside Jamie, Joe, and Dan. Guys, is it Grapplecast or is it Grapplecast 2.0? Holla, if you hear me. Shall we have yeah. a reboot? Shall we, we already we'll have, have a... rebranded it. You changed the logo. Well, we had a We've new logo, yeah. But we haven't had a new intro. I, I, we're not having a new intro. I can't be bothered putting together like a new Andrew intro. Andrew Warhol has taken a sneeze on a ring apron, isn't it? I thought you were on about our logo then. The, <laughs> the logo is just there to simplify the brand. The top of his head. <laughs> are, we all, are we all doing, guys? All right? Yeah, man. Yeah, all decent. Are, are, you, are you keeping time? You always ask us. We never ask you. How are oh, you? That's very kind of you. Well, I'm actually a little upset about an unfortunate sexual incident I had last night. Sorry, what? <laughs> Have you not seen like, Jamie's in Liar Liar? Is that the, what he says in Liar Liar? Yes. Yes, well, I'm actually a little obsessed about an unfortunate sexual incident. Um, with, no, the, I, with his boss. Yes, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm fine, thank you, Daniel. Yes, it's um, it's my birthday this the week. The big three so, um, one. It's the big three one this weekend, so I'm looking forward to that. Not that I'm really doing anything, having a bit of food, um, but nothing too exciting. And hopefully um, a little bit of the bubbly. Well, if you're offering, I ain't paying for it myself, not on my birthday. Um, but no, apart from that, yeah, no, no, all good. It feels weird doing an episode where we're not speaking about a pay-per-view because it feels like the last few episodes we've either been like preparing for a pay-per-view or then reacting to a pay-per-view afterwards as well. Whereas this week we just had the boring television shows. Uh, of course, not boring. I'm just comparing them to pay-per-views. But uh, yeah, we what have we had this week then? So we've had um, a fairly decent episode of SmackDown, a an episode of Raw with a, a decent ending and a, a rebranded, if you want to use that word, NXT. So we, we have got and a fair bit to talk about. Dynamite, well, you. I was just getting <laughs> onto that, dear God almighty. Um, yes, and Rampage and Dynamite. I'm sure nothing much happened on Rampage this week. I didn't watch it. I'm, I'm assuming you did, Jamie. Mm. Yes. Yes, yes, good. <laughs> that, that's how good the episode was. Uh, we will have a look at um, Dynamite and Rampage later on. But uh, yeah, let's. Why? Why not start with the rebrand then? NXT two point and and they are calling it NXT two point as well. Weirdly enough, like I thought, okay, maybe keep the two in the title. That helps with the rebrand and the refresh. But no. All the way through the show, as far as I'm aware, they were referencing NXT 2.0. Luckily, they haven't rebranded the championships. I mean, could you imagine? <laughs> Give them chance. The NXT 2.0 champion. <laughs> but yeah, that could very well be the case. But yeah, before we have a breakdown of the card and have a look at it, what did we think then of the overall look and and, and feel for, from the from the rebranding of the logo to the colours to the actual arena? Do you want to kick us off on that, Dan? Yeah, I mean, in general, I like the look of it. The The CWC was really dark, dingy. They had the plexiglass and then the chains hanging from it. They had like the like CGI cauldrons burning flames and it was like a dungeon. But now it's all bright and it's, it's almost, I know I don't want to be sounding too cheesy, but it's like a blank canvas and they are painting their personas onto there. 
Um, and I know we'll go through what happened on the card point by point or what happened on the event point by point, but looking at it, it's how NXT used to be in the way of you'd have a takeover and then the next night you'd introduce a hell of a lot of new stars to come in and develop themselves and show themselves off. Um, I think on NXT this week we saw at least 10, maybe 15 new people that we haven't seen before, have only seen a little bit of, and we're not seeing that many of the older stars they're kind of moving on um so all in all it's exciting it's great and it is a blank canvas for them to you know paint their personalities on what do we think of that logo then of the color scheme you mentioned andy warhol before and now i can't get that out of my head um <laughs> i when i saw it you know you know when they teased it back a week or two ago and it kind of got leaked it was probably a force leak they probably wanted it to leak on purpose to get some sort of um discussion going and feedback i saw it and i thought I wasn't. I didn't think it was as bad as what people were saying, but I wasn't hot on it still. Now I've seen it in the confines of the arena, and the because because they had that like hip hoppy beat type theme music as well, didn't they? Which isn't my type of music, but I suppose they're going for that fresh, vibrant feel and look in the younger generation, that type of thing. So I, I get why they're going for that. Um, it's not really my thing, but I thought it worked well. But what once I saw the logo in the confines of the arena. I thought it worked well, and I did think the colours worked well. It was bright, it was catchy, there was different camera angles, there was different type of lighting that they haven't used before. The Titantron type area, if you want to call it that, was similar in nature to what we're used to with the WWE, with the big screens and the LEDs, that type of thing, but different enough to still feel fresh. Um, and, yeah, I, I really, the one thing I did like, and I think I mentioned it last week when we'd seen the plans that were drawn up, I did like how compact and intimate the setting felt how the the seats almost felt like they were on top of the ring those barricades are see-through as well aren't they which i think is quite interesting because it almost looks like they're not there so it looks like the fans are closer to the action which i think they are anyway um is this still in the capital wrestling center it is yeah so they have just re completely like gutted it out and, and, and redone it then um, much, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, no, I, I, I thought overall, before we go into the actual show and the quality of the wrestling and the stars over there, the actual look, the aesthetics of the arena and the new NXT uh, gets a thumbs up from me, which I didn't think I'd give it before I saw it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, Joe was saying that he um, liked the open space of it, didn't you, Joe, and the logo? Yeah, it, it felt like... Um, it felt like a bit like Madison Square Garden. You know the Royal Rumble with Madison Square Garden where John Cena come back after he was injured for a long time where the, they had like the narrow entranceway. It reminded me quite a lot of that, like of the Mad that Madison Square Garden show where they're literally like the fans are like right next to the ring. It reminded me of that. And it reminded me a bit of like the Tokyo Dome. And like if you went to see like a wrestling show in like... Um, like a school gym where you have like all the like the wooden benches or school benches and then you literally have the ring next to you have the ring next to the seating it reminded me of that it was very close like you could you could really see the fans it was really bright and colorful but yeah i liked it have you seen it jamie i know you probably haven't watched the episode but have you seen any of the actual like set up any video clips or any photos no <laughs> oh dear <laughs> I'm too busy watching Dynamite. Watching Adam Cole's debut for the 17th time. <laughs> Very true. Uh, they, I tell you what, they need to be careful about that 
intimacy as far as them being so close to the ring because I very, very much doubt we would have a, a situation of somebody jumping the barricade. But, you know, they are close, aren't they? You know, if, if anybody just wants to be an absolute idiot or has had a bit too much to drink, they are really close. They could quite easily jump over that barricade and, and get in the ring. There isn't much space between the barricade and the ring for any security to kind of like run in and stop them, really. So, you know, let's hope we don't have a Bret Hart Hall of Fame type um, interference. I'm sure we will. But yeah, so initial first impressions, the actual look and feel of the show. Yeah, positive. Thumbs up. It's all right. fresh. It is. And that's what we want. Well, is it what we want? Is it is it what we needed? There's a discussion. Did, did they need to rebrand NXT? Was it was it really had it really got that bad or were I know they changed nights, but had AEW really left them in the dumps as far as what people have said? Or are we looking at this through a different pair of eyes? No, I think it needed to be done. They went from a case of manufacturing and, you know, NXT was the case of you'd develop a character, move them to Raw or SmackDown, and then they would go off, you know, they did with the Sashes and Baileys, Finn Balor's and such. They would go off and make their own sort of careers, but they were hoarding talent. You know, they had Adam Cole for like five years. They've had Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, and they've just kind of been dwindling and waiting there, not really doing much. And as you can see, you know, we've had um, Samoa Joe winning the NXT title for the third time. We've now got Tommaso Ciampa winning it for the second time. You look at back in the FCW days, it used to be the case they would win the FCW title once. Within two weeks, they get called up and they'd have to drop it. And they usually crown another champion by doing a battle royal. Um, but um, it, yeah, it's needed. Having the new talent on there, you know, I've watched it twice already. It looks great. And I was excited to actually watch it. I wanted to watch it that day. Whereas with NXT for the past two, three months, I've kind of built them up. I actually haven't watched them. I've just read the results because they've been, they've been okay, but it's just been a bit stale, been a bit boring, to be honest. Right. So we go into the start of the new show. LA Knight's there. He's cutting a promo about the title match that he was going to have later yeah. on in the evening. So he, he pulled double duty, I assume, then on the show, didn't he? As yeah, far they, as having a couple of matches, they did a thing where they were interviewing all of them, going, um, "Oh, I'm going to win them. I'm going to win the title. I'm going to cement my legacy." And then they had Ellie Knight going, "Yeah, I mean, I'm going to smash everybody up." And then they cut to this guy called Braun Breaker, who's Rick Steiner's son, and he's just like, "Hey, man, I'm Braun Breaker, and I'm here to make an impression." And he's like, "Well, why don't you see me in the ring? You can be in my warm-up match." Um, and he hit this really um, quite impressive power slam on him. But um, they've actually said that they want the commentators not to mention that he's Rick Steiner's son. Why? I, you, I hate it that they do this. Why not? If why you not? hear him talk, he sounds exactly like Scott Steiner. That's why I said holler if you hear me, because it sounded yeah. like he was saying it. Bill in from Atlanta, Georgia. He looks like a power plant guy. Um, but I think it's they had these second generation, third generation stars for so long. And it'd be interesting to see what they do. Simone Johnson as well, when she eventually gets called up, whether she, they will be like, Oh, it's the daughter of the rock or whether they just say that she's, you know, Sonny yeah. Martinez or whatever they want to call her. And then she's, Oh, we're not even going to mention the rock, but I suppose with her, it's going to be a bit different because they, everyone knows that Simone Johnson is the rock's daughter, but with Rick Steiner's son, he's only just been signed um like what three four months four, three four weeks ago and then he's been chucked straight onto the show whilst i understand that people might not necessarily know or, or know straight away especially a younger generation they won't do the side of brothers but they are um but why if you if you right first of all if you're going to not allude to the fact that he's the son of a second generation wrestler a third generation wrestler of somebody before them don't give them the name Brombreaker to start with, for Christ's sake. <laughs> that that name. Um, but but why don't why why do, why do you think they have this 
negativity as far as saying, look, this is the son or the daughter of this wrestler. I, I understand the argument for, well, they want to try and create them as a star separate on their own back as they go. But, you know, look at Michael McGillicutty, perhaps one of the worst names you've ever heard of before. Until he then came back as Curtis Axel, and by then, unfortunately, the damage had already been done. They didn't market him as Mr. Perfect son to start with, or just, you know, in the family of Mr. Perfect. Who knows what could have happened? You can't tell me it doesn't work. Look at Charlotte Flair. I mean, Charlotte Flair's the, like, obviously most famous one, but look at all the wrestlers that they haven't talked about. Bray Wyatt, Bo Dallas. Going even further back, Grandmaster Sex A. It wasn't until he basically retired that they were like, I mean, there was a whole kind of like rumour like Jerry Lawler was giving him like all the praise and goodness and stuff, but he never mentioned on TV it was his son until Michael Cole said it. Well, this is the thing. I, I don't think it does any harm mentioning the fact that this person is related to this person and alluding to them in a name. What did Bo, let's be honest, I know you like it. What did Bo, Bo Dallas, Dallas do? NXT nothing. champion. No, yeah, nothing. Do you know what I mean? tag team champion. Uh, you know, the team go I, go go. I would argue, certainly in recent memory, maybe there is other ones from you know bygone times that I can't think of at the moment without doing a bit of research. You know, Bray Wyatt is probably the exception to the rule, and that's only when he dropped the Husky Harris gimmick and actually you know invented the Bray Wyatt persona and character and, and the theme type of thing that he became popular. I can't think of anyone that's been a second-generation wrestler that hasn't taken the mantra of the person that came before them and, you know, hasn't done well. In in respect of... But but they, they allude to it. Do you know what I mean? The bloodline. They mention the they, bloodline all the time. They, they might not have him as his name. His name might not be included, but they say this is the son, daughter, cousin, whoever, of whoever, and that's worked into the storyline. It works for them. Yeah, you, know, you look back, to come to your point, that you look back the opposite and you promote them as, say, Ricky Steamboat's son, Richie Steamboat, when yeah. they first debuted NXT. This is Richie Steamboat. He's Ricky Steamboat's son. You think, oh, this guy's going to be a world champion. He's going to be amazing. Fizzled off and did nothing. Then they had Manu. They were like, oh, yeah, he's the son of the Wild Samoans. Fizzled off, didn't do anything. They were constantly, every week, going, this person is the son of this person or the daughter of this person. And then they'd come onto the roster or go and do something. And they just wouldn't be that good. I would um, argue, though, that that was more to do with their own personal demons and attitude than it was them not getting over because of who they were, if you get me. I get your point completely. But you've got with think... NXT at the moment, there's a couple of them, and they've got um, Von Wagner. But... <laughs> we finally know we've got that name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's Cal Bloom, who's yeah. Matt Bloom's son, and he's not being referenced to um, A-Train no. either. No, he's not. And I just think, you know, look look at Charlotte Flair. It's not done her any harm. Look at The Rock. Rocky Maivia. It's not yeah. done him any And same with like, Randy, or Charlotte, Randy Charlotte Orton. Randy Bob Orton Jr. Uh, Bob Orton, exactly. It, it just it doesn't do these people any harm. If you do it correctly, you don't have to push on week after week after week. This is the daughter of this person or this is the son of this person. But it doesn't do any harm referencing the fact so people, people know the name. People can come into people can start watching wrestling again this is the ideal opportunity they've just relaunched nxt some people might not have watched nxt since 2014-15 you know that time when it was really really good jamie included here so he might think oh wow it's being rebranded i might go in and dive in and watch this first episode <laughs> maybe not you but other people and think 
what what they're doing. If they'd have said, "Here's a brand new superstar," it's Rick Steiner's son. Oh well, great. Not only are they rewatching the show to get a bit of interest back in it again because it's rebranded, they've also got somebody who looks great, who's bloody six foot Christ knows what, built like a brick shit house he is, and he's got the name of you know a star that you already recognise. Even if you not, even if you don't really know who um, Rick Steiner is in regards to, because you didn't really watch much WCW. But you've probably heard the name Steiner and reference it to the other brother, Scott Steiner. So this would have been ideal to, yes, not only am I being pulled in because it's a brand new show, a brand new reboot, but there's a name I recognise and it's somebody that I can follow because I know how good his uncle and his father was. And the so, maths don't lie. Exactly. And they spell <laughs> disaster for you at sacrifice. But what if it's the other way around? Say you're somebody who doesn't know anything at all about wrestling and you're just starting to, you, you've just watched NXT 2.0. It's the first ever bit of wrestling that you've watched and you've watched this Braun Breaker guy and you're like, that is my new favourite wrestler. Yeah. Do you, you need to know about his background? Do you need to know about the Steiner Brothers, the historic tag team matches, the fact that they're one of the best tag teams of all time? No, but all you need to know is that's Braun Breaker. He's just won his debut match. Um, and he smiles, he's got a positive attitude, and he hits a mean finisher, and then you like him. You don't need to, you know, it's like, for example, Cobra Kai. You could watch, Co you could watch Cobra Kai, for example, and I had a friend, um, Reese, a couple uh, weeks ago, he said to me, Dan, I want to watch Cobra Kai, but I've never seen the Karate Kid movies. Do I need to watch all of them first? I said, no, you can just go straight in to watch Cobra Kai, and you'll know what's going on. I said, it helps, but you can just go straight into it. So this Braun Breaker guy is like the Cobra Kai, in a way, do you need to know about Rick Steiner and his back I history? Your, no. I, I completely get your point. My my counter to that would be, what harm does it do letting them know? Surely, if anything, the benefit of that is if it's somebody who doesn't know. If you're saying, oh, for example, we don't really need to mention it because it doesn't really matter, and especially if it's a younger audience and they don't know who Rick Steiner is anyway, or Scott Steiner isn't. Well, surely that's a way. This is a company that wants to make money. If they go, this is the son of Rick Steiner, and all of his classic matches are on the network for nine ninety nine. Say, sign up. It gets people to sign up to their business model to spend money and go back and see these classic matches, all while profiting the company. There's, I mean, there's many different arguments to it, and I think I, I agree with you. There's there's benefits to both sides. I think either way, regardless of which way that you look at it. He did. He did look quite impressive, anyway, against LA Knight. And you know, I don't think LA Knight even necessarily carried the match. I thought he did quite well on his own. So, yeah, as, as long as they, as long as they stick with it now, we don't want two or three matches and then for him to be off TV for six weeks. Two things. One, did anyone else make a debut on NXT? Yeah, um, everyone. <laughs> um, there was probably five. There or six will teams. be. Yeah, we'll go through them. So, yeah. Yeah, but basically we've spent 10 minutes talking about this guy all because they said, don't mention it's his son. They're getting more publicity from saying, don't mention it, that we're talking about him even more than he probably deserves. Well, and he'll get more now because of all the trillions of people that listen to this podcast. They're all going to be like, oh, exactly. what's going on? So, I mean, you can say that and he'd be like, it can kind of be like, because Vince McMahon is a very smart man, you know. He could be like, I don't want him to say that he's a Steiner. That leaks out. All the fans are like, "What? why don't we want to know he's a Steiner? He's a Steiner. Let's make him a Steiner. Then everybody's talking about him. 
Well, like I say, there's different. He's a genius. He it knows is, what he's doing. Yeah, because it spells disaster for you at sacrifice. It does. <laughs> right. We spent enough on um Von Wagner then, bro. Bloody Bron Breaker, for Christ's sake. Well, Bron right. Strowman's not coming back now, is he? Right, not now, no. Right, second match of the night then. Um, Imperium, they're back on NXT. Um, yeah. um, and they defeated Briggs and Jensen. Um, Dan Joe, who were Briggs and Jensen? So we've got Thank Josh you. Briggs. He was in the, um, the breakout tournament. Um, he didn't do very well. He's been on 205 Live for the past few weeks, even though he's about 270, 280 pounds. Um, but he's just generic, tall dude. Um, he's he's like a hired hitman, is, is sort of gimmick. This guy, Jensen, I have no idea who he is. He came to the ring with a bath mat around his neck. Um, he tried to cut a promo where Josh Briggs was just staring at him backstage. To be honest, it was quite a green match. Um, Imperium carried the match and then did their little pose on the entrance. It was all right. It was establishing two, well, one new character and one lesser known character against an established tag team. But I think they need to either do something with Imperium or call him up with Voltas. They need to do something with him because this match just did nothing, to be honest. It was just a filler. Um, yeah, it's establishing a relatively new guy and an actual new guy. Um, but really, I didn't get much from their personality, what they're about. Just the fact that one guy wore a bath mat to the ring. Was it a decent match? Or? No, it was rubbish. Oh, dear. Well, was this one a decent match? And you're going to have to help me out with this because this is the funniest thing I've ever read. Katrina Cortez versus B-Fab <laughs> with, <laughs> with Hit Row. What? Hit Row. So Hit Row are a stable uh, with, um, I've forgotten his name, the North American so this wasn't champion. Their first, this wasn't their first appearance on yeah, NXT so it's, 2.0, or it was. B, so it's, um, I see a square Scott stable, yes. Yeah. I so, know, um, yeah, yeah. So B-Fab is um, real name Brianna. Um, you might remember her from Raw Underground. She was the one who had the white dreadlocks and she was like, yes. helping Shane McMahon interview like, a couple of years ago. So she's B-Fab. This was her in-ring <laughs> debut. Um, there, do you, I don't know if you remember, there was this female luchador who tagged with Kalisto on Raw like two years ago. Um, she was there for like two weeks and when she went back to NXT. Uh, she's just a masked mask luchador female wrestler. She's not too bad. Um, the match itself was very green. I think they were trying to put over B-Fab um, because the rest of them are quite well-known. They've got that guy from that WWE Collectibles series. He's in that stable. Um, Top dollar. Row. Top dollar. And they got Ashanti Thee Adonis, um, who's like, they're, they're all basically a bunch of rappers who make the music videos and music, and they're a stable. They're feuding with Legaro Del Fantasma. The, the match itself was uh, was okay, like, B-Fab was just trying to establish herself as an in-ring competitor, but they had Legaro come out afterwards. They said some gibberish on a microphone and then stared at each other, and that was pretty much it. I think they're building towards a, a big four-on-four matchup. So this this B-Fab then, is who's going to be the star out of B-Fab and Katrina Cortez? Well, B-Fab um, ended up winning. Um, yeah. Cortez, don't really know much about her. Um, she's just one of these up-and-comers. But they're building B-Fab to be one of the next like top female superstars. But she is still quite green. She's still learning. But she's got a very good look about her. She looks like a really good wrestler. Um, I think that you know she does have um, a lot going for her. Um, so I think just watch this space. You know Everybody's got to have these matches to grow and learn and put in their reps. So keep an eye on her, I say. Fair enough. We got a we got a backstage segment after this match with Dexter Loomis. I think he was preparing for the the wedding of the century, wasn't he? He had Cameron Grimes, Johnny Gargano, and Odyssey Jones, and 
were they were they not dressed all like him from what i understand yeah they were all dressed as <laughs> him and um, there was a good segment so austin theory's been missing for nxt for a few weeks uh because he's been on main event but he came back he's like i'm not going to miss indy artwell's wedding but he goes um but um you know we can't have a wedding without a priest oh, God. and then damien God. priest walks in without his championship and goes oh here there was an open bar and then he just grabs two glasses of cheap prosecco and then they cut to the ring segment again Getting back on NXT permanently. He's going to be like WWE champion within a couple of years. Who? Damien Priest? Yeah. Maybe I thought that when he was in NXT originally, but just since he's gone on the main roster, I know he's won the title, but he's just hot Damian potato Priest, in. It's just... Damien Priest and Matt Riddle, watch this space. In a couple of years' time, they're going to be winning Royal Rumbles and they're going to be picking up World Championships. Matt Riddle will be released from the company by this time next Randy, year. Randy, bro. <laughs> bro. Um, Right, so we had a we had a women's tag team match after this. Now this is significant. This is Joseph because we had is it? <laughs> okay, let, let, let's try and get this right. Casey Catanzaro, yep. and Caden yeah. Carter yep. versus Gigi yeah. Dolan and JC Jane. Yep. But Joe, we had Mandy Rose without her blonde hair. Yeah, she dyed her hair brown. Um, a couple of weeks ago, she had a match and she like broke her nose and then she came out a couple of weeks ago with like a face mask a bit like what Seamus was wearing and now she's just dyed her hair so Mandy Rose is like got this new role now on Exy where she's like the manager manager role so she's like oh for weeks she's been going backstage saying to people oh come with me and I can teach you how to be a star and a couple of weeks ago she went to Gigi Dolan and and, and her partner and just said oh if you come with me, I will always win. So that's a new rule now. And they did win. Um, the match got made into a six-man tag. I was just going to say they made it into a six-man, didn't they? they yes, yeah, Suri the, came down as well. Suri and Mandy Rose went into the opposite team as well. And Mandy ended up picking up the win, and she looked great with it. And um, it's really good. It, it reminds me, uh, Gigi Dolan, Mandy Rose, and Lacey Lane, or JC Jane, or Doopy Doop, whatever she's calling herself. Um, it reminds me of when Paige um, came up with Becky Lynch and Charlotte. They look very similar, like they're like a power trio. Um, they look really good as a team. Um, JC Jane needs a little bit of work. Gigi Dolan's looking great. They, for some reason, they're a team led by Mandy Rose, but they always play Gigi Dolan's theme music when they come to the ring and leave the ring, even though Mandy Rose is the established. So I'm assuming that they're getting rid of that Mandy theme music. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, in all, it worked out well that they turned it into a six women match. Um, it flowed quite well and it builds momentum for the heel team. So quite quite a solid 10 minutes. Brilliant. Well, Ridge Holland beat Drake Manfrick, if anyone cares. Ridge Holland! Yeah, but uh, what you missed um, in the backstage segment is Ridge Holland and Pete Dunn beat up um, Kyle O'Reilly in the back. And then Von Wagner came and saved him. Um, so then Ridge Holland's coming out, billed from Yorkshire. In England, even though Yorkshire's the biggest county in the in the country, they can't specify well, where. Well, where is is he British? Rich Holland, yeah, he's former yeah. rugby player. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant um, Von Wagner. I was going to say he's not. <laughs> no, he's, he's he Matt Bloom's son. But no, um, Rich Holland is um, he's from Yorkshire. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and he's coming out with his Peaky Blinders gimmick. But yeah, um, it was he absolutely squashed Drake Maverick. Maverick was that's doing a shame, well selling because that's Jamie's favorite NXT wrestler. Is Drake Maverick? Rockstar Spud. You can see the excitement in his face. I don't like potato. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was okay. It was yeah, a yeah, apart experience. from the fact he eats chips. <laughs> Never a full portion, though. That's fair. Too busy with them chicken wings, that's why. 
<laughs> um, that is true. That is true. So, Joe, you're going to have to tell me what's happening with Diamond Mine at the moment because I thought they were stable and they were just they just came out to support the Creed brothers this week, did they? Yeah. So last week on NXT, they um, they had the Creed brothers as a tag team, and they basically had Malcolm Bivins and Roderick Strong. They've like recruited the Creed brothers, like they're like uh, they've been in the Olympic trials. They won so many. NCAA championships and last week they had a really good impressive match I can't remember who it was against but they basically squashed whoever they were facing some two jobbers so now they're part of Diamond Mine because um, uh, the other guy Tyler Bissett got fired so they've got these brothers now as a tag team and then yeah I think um they they'll be really good. They they'll be like the new Alpha Academy. I would have thought. I've got to say, Taryn, you need to watch these guys. These Creed brothers are amazing. They they do so many different holds and throw their opponents around the ring. You would love them. They would be one okay. of your favorite new tag. You need to Go see on, them. They're they're epic. They look um, very similar to like a Brock Lesnar, and one of them's a little bit taller. Um, but they look great. Um, and they um, the part of the segment it was more really to introduce. They've got a new female member in Diamond Mine. Um, I can't remember her full name. It's Lily something or other. She came to the ring. She had a chain around her neck, and she had a diamond carved into the side of her head. And mm-hmm. they basically said that you remember that series that The Rock did, the Titan Games. Yes. They yes. The that, like Ninja Warrior type gladiators type. That's game. it. She was either. She she was definitely a contender. I don't know whether she won it or not. I think she may have. Um, but they basically said that she was the star of the Titan Games, and they brought her in. And she, she's like a brick shit house. She looks massive. Um, and they were like, we're introducing our new member, um, Ivy. Um, and then Kashida came up, interrupted the group having their little celebration, and said to Roderick Strong, he wants him um, for the NXT title the next week. So I've got a feeling that's the transitional time to put the belt on Roderick Strong and start building titles on the Diamond Mine because this Diamond Mine stable looks absolutely brilliant and they can just keep expanding their members. Um, Malcolm Bivens is very similar to what like Matt Hardy is in um, AEW where he's got all of these associates and he's going and advocating for him. Um, it's a really good storyline and they look really good and their t-shirt looks really funky as well, so that's half the battle. Fantastic. Right, let's get on to, well, I say the main event, obviously. The main event was a segment, but certainly the main event match. Um, and this is where I have an issue. So it was the NXT Championship match. It was Pete Dunne versus LA Knight versus Von Wagner versus Tommaso <laughs> Ciampa. And, of course, we had a new NXT champion in Tommaso Ciampa. Now, I, I, I take issue with this. I like Tommaso Ciampa. I don't have anything against him. Um, I think he's a very good worker. I think he's a very good character. I certainly prefer him over Johnny Gargano, who I just find very boring these days. Um, but th- this is, if if you weren't so sure, guys, this is NXT 2.0. This is the rebrand, the refresh. If there was ever a time to throw the championship on, I'm not necessarily, necessarily seeing a brand new talent. I'm not seeing Von Wagner should have won it in his first match. Far from it. But when you've got Pete done there and LA Knight, two wrestlers who haven't been the NXT champion before, and I'm specifically more looking at Pete Dunne than this over LA Knight, but there's an argument for both. You've got your relaunch, you've got your rebrand. This is we're going in a new direction, new audience, fresh, new, exciting. We're putting the title back on someone who's been the champion a couple of times before, who's one of the oldest on the roster. And I, I've, I'm not ageist, I haven't got a problem with this age. I'm just trying to 
work out what they're doing in their minds when they want this younger, fresher talent. You're, and it may be to do with the experience, but that they're, they're going a completely in the completely the opposite direction for me as to what they're trying to do with their rebrand. And this was the ideal opportunity to put the title on LA Knight or Pete Dunne, and they've done the opposite. Daniel, shaking your head. Yeah, but I look at it in a slightly different way. So you look at all of these new stars that they've just established. So you've got Carmelo Hayes cutting a promo and he's got a new friend called Trip who's watching his back. Um, and Carmelo Hayes can use that contract to go against the NXT champion. You've got Brick Breaker who um, confronted um, Champa backstage. So it looks like they're setting up something there. You've got all of these new guys coming in. What do you need? If you've got somebody who's new and green, what do you need to make them a superstar? One of the main things you need to make them a superstar is an old journeyman who's been there to put them over, you know, have a five-star match and make them look like a million bucks. And who on that roster is going to do that? There's a few people that can do Pete that. Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn can do that. But Pete Dunn himself is quite young. What is he, 24, 25? Yeah, okay, he's NXT champion for two years. But he's still learning. He can barely cut a promo, that boy can. So would it really be you need somebody who's a polished article and to me there's only a few people on that roster who can be your champion and put over these new talents Samoa Joe is one of them but unfortunately Samoa Joe's injured and I can't see him coming back for a very long time you've got Johnny Gagano who is very good on the mic very good in ring and he can put people over but you also got Tommaso Ciampa um, now with LA Knight I thought out of everybody there they would have put the belt on LA Knight because he's a Vince McMahon guy he's big he's bulky cuts an amazing promo but he's only been there for a cup of coffee. He's been there for about three months. You look at somebody like a Tommaso Ciampa, who has no interest in being called up on the roster whatsoever. He's got a young family. He's based down in Florida. He's loving life. If they said to him, right, you've got three years left before you retire. Do you want to just stay down in NXT and put over all of these stars? Sounds like a good deal. And they've given him the championship, which shows that they trust him to work with these talents. And even if they might like look like chicken shit, he's going to make them look like chicken salad. So I think he is the perfect guy to do it. Yeah, he's a little bit old, but think of all his experience on the Indies that he can pass on, you know, to the Von Wagners, to the Bron Breakers, to the Carmelo Hayes's, all new names we've only been mentioning over the past week or so. But someone like a Tommaso Ciampa could make them into somebody who could be called up in the roster in the next six months to a year. I have a feeling, therefore, that you and Joe are quite happy with Tommaso Ciampa being the champion. Yeah, well, I said to Joe, we looked at the card. Oh, wait, he dead to it, yeah. I said... <laughs> I've looked at this, and there's only one person I can't see winning this belt, and it's Tommaso Ciampa. And then I wake up in the morning, I see Tommaso Ciampa's won it. I'm like, oh, they've got a completely different avenue. But then watching the show, instead of reading results and watching how they're getting all of these new stars and they putting an injection of life into the show, you're like, oh, actually, it makes sense why they're giving it to him. And I agree with Joe. I wanted Pete Dunne to win it, but because... I've seen Pete Dunne live. He's British. He's awesome. He's like a throwback regal. You know, you want to see him reach for the stars, but... If Pete Dunne gets called up in three or four months as on Raw, I'm also very happy. And I don't think... Yeah. Someone like a Pete Dunne doesn't need the NXT title. He can go and win the Intercontinental off Shinsuke. He can go across and do whatever he wants on the main roster. You know, there's so many matches set for him and he does go to Raw. So I am happy. But when I looked at it before going into the show, I wanted a completely different result. But I'm happy with what I've been given. Look, look two years ago when they launched AEW and it was Chris Jericho versus Hangman Page for the title and everyone was like you're going to put it on Hangman Page is the future of the business and then everyone was like why put it on Jericho because he's an established star that will lead your brand and that is why Tommaso Ciampa he's been the champ he will lead that brand fight all these upcoming stars just like Chris Jericho did 
and people watched it because of him. Hangman Page will get it's a fair point. Today. It's a fair point, yeah. And I will bid you adieu. <laughs> That's Jamie's one and only contribution to the <laughs> NXT uh, chat this evening. Um, just before we move on to the uh, main segment then, the wedding of the year, I have just read, um, you'll be interested to know, that the Capital Wrestling Centre name has reportedly been dropped by the WWE and it will no longer be referred to as the Capital Wrestling Centre, even though they only renamed it that back in October of last year it hasn't even lasted a year it will now just be known as either the nxt venue or the home of nxt so there we go some quality thought that's gone into that there <laughs> on the rebrand going forward right that's worse than washington football <laughs> <laughs> so we had index the wedding um and yeah I, someone's gonna have to tell me what happened in this because i read online that it was the best so a few people had said it was the best wrestling wedding they'd ever seen so they obviously have never watched never watched Billy and Sav- well yeah <laughs> Billy they've never watched randy savage's wedding and miss elizabeth at SummerSlam. um but anyway yeah so apparently they were saying it was the best ever but um what 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 was all this business with the minister passing out and beth phoenix having to come in and then suddenly saying she out of nowhere, got herself ordained last night so she can carry out a wedding. That was stupid. Somebody tell me it wasn't. It had everything that you wanted in a, okay. in a wrestling Did wedding. Did so, come out of a cake? No, no, he didn't. But um, there, there was like pretty much everything else that you didn't know you wanted, but you're glad that you had. So Did they started... Eric Bischoff take off his mask and um, say... Did the three-minute warning come out? <laughs> no, there was no interruptions. They'd have a job. <laughs> it, was a, it was a wedding. They lived happily ever after, and they sent the crowd home. What? So it was actually a nice... But the, the bits and bobs leading up to it was really good. So they started showing that they've taken the ropes down, and they were setting up the, the trellis for people to go and sit down. But then they had people going out to the ring. So they had um, Ember Moon, for some reason, not talking, looking awkward. But then they had uh, Grizzled Young Veterans, coming out just being like um, really British going oh this wedding's gonna be rubbish something's bound to happen he's not gonna marry you and then they cut to it and then everybody's in the ring so they've got a lot of people um new people from the roster who haven't been involved like sat around watching the wedding take place um all of the groomsmen were dressed up like Dexter Loomis um and then they had um a few of the bridesmaids as well um, all dressed up and sat on the side but um Johnny Gorgano comes out and um he basically says to um I can't remember who was the best man. He's like, oh, I think it was Austin Theory. He said, have you got the, the rings? And he's like, what do you mean have I got the rings? And then they're looking really awkward and the crowd's like, oh no, they've ruined the wedding before it's even started. But then uh, Tajiri's protege, who wears the flamboyant jackets, ended up going, don't worry, I've got the rings. And he opens up his jacket and he's got a box in his blazer jacket with a ring. But he's he literally just like opening up like that. Um, they then before they um, do the vows, they say, right, before I get started with the vows, um, does anyone here object to uh, this wedding taking place? And literally everybody sat out there goes to raise their hand to object. Um, and then Dexter Loomis opens up his jacket and he's got a really sharp axe <laughs> like attached to his blazer. So they all put their hands down. Um, so as they're going through the vows, you've got Indy Hartwell basically saying that uh, Dexter Loomis is a massive stalker. He's really weird, but she loves him for who he is. And the crowd's all like, oh, that's lovely. And then they cut to Dexter Loomis, who's a mute. And they say, Dexter, now it's time for your vows. And he just literally puts his thumb up. And like, Indy's really happy. But the ordained basically says, look, she just poured her heart out. Can't you even say like a couple words? 
So he then puts his hand on Dexter Loomis and Dexter Loomis just chokes him out because he put his hand on him. And everyone's panicking like, oh no, the priest has gone. So you've got Beth Phoenix coming in going, I knew this was going to happen. I felt like something was going to go wrong. But don't worry, I've been, uh, I've, I'm just going to cut to the chase. And then there's this guy in the front row called Andre Chase, who was in the breakout tournament. Yeah, yeah. And he, he stands up and he goes, did somebody say Chase? Um, so Odyssey Jones, who sat behind him, chokes him out and throws him out the ring. Um, yes. Beth Phoenix then says, do you take him? I do. And then it turns to Dexter Loomis, who's a mute. And do you take Indy Hartwell? She then goes to interrupt and say, oh, don't worry, we know you're a mute. You don't have to say anything. And then he finally speaks and goes, I do. And then they ended up getting married. Everybody's really happy. Is and that not the, the first show. time he's ever spoken on it's TV? It's the first time he's ever spoken. He sounded pretty normal, to be fair. Well, I should hope so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all in all, everything you wanted in a wrestling wedding, there was no like brawl. It was just a nice little segment, and it'd be interesting to see where it goes from here. So if I said to you the new NXT, NXT... 2.0 if i said give it an overall rating out of 10 and tell me what the best part of the night was what would you go for dan and joe since you've specifically watched it i'm going to give it a solid 8 out of 10 and my favorite part of it wasn't a specific moment but it was seeing so many new styles being established to keep the wrestling product alive joseph i i give it 7 out of 10 um my favorite match would be the the fatal four way for the NXT title. Fantastic. Right, so that is NXT 2.0. Let's hope they keep up their momentum going forward. Uh, let's hope it doesn't, you know, swivel off and they cancel NXT and bring back a th another revamped ECW in its place. <laughs> <laughs> we will see. They're bringing back the right. power plant. Do it. Bring it back. Bring back the Sarge as well. He loved it. In. Bring back Louis through to do another documentary. What's <laughs> <laughs> like that? Right. Um, we might as well have a look at. Of course, we'll have a look at Raw about what happened on Raw. But uh, we'll have a we'll have a quick look at SmackDown as well. Not the full card on this because SmackDown itself. It seems like it was a decent show again this week. But um, you know there were certainly parts to, to pick out, and I think we have to specifically look at the opening segment for this week with Roman Reigns, the Usos and Paul Heyman on this because we did have Brock Lesnar make his return to SmackDown. I think they said it was the first time in two years or just under two years that he'd actually appeared on SmackDown, which was an interesting statistic. But um, yeah, exactly what, I mean, he got a big pop. He got a big pop, did Lesnar. And, you know, and he was advertised before the show to appear on there as well, he was. So, you know, it's not like it was a massive surprise, but the pop was as big as him turning up without anybody knowing, I thought. Um, but, yeah, I suppose it was everything that you want from a, a Lesnar appearance or a Lesnar return. Comes down to the ring, German suplexes to the Usos, and, um, you know, Roman Reigns leaving before he can get F5. But nice to see that we've actually got the specific split now between him and Paul Heyman. Um, and Brock's using the mic again. He's actually doing a bit of talking. Yeah, it was pretty decent. Um, I really enjoyed SmackDown. He's leaps and bounds better than the Raw previous to it. Um, and that segment was really good. Uh, it was showing the split. And we were having Brock Lesnar wind up uh, Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns, but it's saying, you knew I was going to be at Survivor Series. Why didn't you tell him? And you could see a little bit of a rift coming then. Um, you know, Brock Lesnar ended up trying to have a little bit of a, a brawl, bit of shenanery. Um, but yeah, it was it, all in all decent SmackDown, and we got to see the Demon Finn Balor, who's going to be facing 
Um, Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules. And the interesting thing is, Demon Finn Balor has never lost. Um, so we'll, this, mm. we'll either have the first time that Demon Finn Balor is going to lose, or we're going to have a brand new Universal Champion. We will have a retain and Demon Finn Balor will lose for the first time. I am sure of it, of course, because we, we're having the Lesnar and the Roman Reigns match. That's probably going to happen at Crown Jewel by the looks of it as well, unfortunately. The Crown Jewel, Jack. The Crown Jewel Jack, exactly. They should just rename it that, Crown Jewel Jack. <laughs> um, but it sounds as if, or it looks as if, should I say, that that's where we, we are going to get it. Interestingly enough, with um, just taking out the Finn Balor aspect of it for the moment and just looking at Heyman, he, I don't know whether or not this is going to be a bit of a flip and a reversal, and this is going to be the way in which they're going to get the title off Roman and potentially back onto Lesnar, is if they do what they did at the 2002 Survivor Series where Heyman turned on Lesnar to let Big Show win the championship, is Heyman just going to turn on Reigns and go back with Lesnar? Because he had ample opportunity to hit the F5 a couple of times on Heyman um, on Friday, and he didn't. He lifted him up. And is this all a big swerve? Is this all a big collaboration between Lesnar and Heyman to get the title back on him? I didn't think they were going to go in that route, but now I'm thinking they will, and it will be a screwy finish to get. Now we've had a good uh, year or so of heel reigns, and people are starting to cheer him again. I think they're going to turn him back babyface, and they're going to have Lesnar as the heel, and Heyman is going to realign himself. That. Whether or not that's going to happen at Crown Jewel so soon, I don't know. Um, but that's where I think they're going to go with it. That's fair. I mean, there's so many different avenues they can go with it. Um, and I think it's money right now keeping Roman Reigns heel. Um, Brock, they, everyone likes seeing Brock Lesnar, whether he is a face or a heel. He's a moneymaker and people will pay to see him. Um, the show itself was really, really decent. And the, the, whichever avenue they go with it, whether the title gets changed at the Crown Jewel Jack or whether they keep leading it up to... The WrestleMania, I'm happy either way. And to be fair, it's nice to see SmackDown pulling in decent ratings and putting on a good show. Did yeah, you and I, Joe both watch SmackDown this week, did you? Never miss an episode. Yeah. What did yeah, you think I mean, of the Edge-Rollins match then? Was that as good as their previous match? It was actually really, really good. Um, I was about to say that was probably my match that I... Um, I know, unfortunately, another match had to be cut because of it. But um, I thought yes. the storytelling on this was absolutely epic and you can kind of see like the torment in Seth Rollins' eyes like I don't want to end Edge but it's something I have to do and in the end he just he just like stopped him and like this this match was perfect you know we could have been on a pay-per-view again but yeah it was really really good. Well Smackdown finished off this week with of course the appearance of the Demon Finn Balor but before that we had and um, the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match between the Usos and the Street Profits. Of course, the Usos technically retained because it was a disqualification. So the Street Profits won, but the Usos retained. That's per WWE's rules. But I'm sure you will all be happy to know, uh, Jamie especially, and Dan especially on this matter, very, very happy to know that we're going to get to see this match again because it's just been announced for Extreme Rules at the SmackDown Tag Team Championships the Usos and the Street Profits. And I will bring your attention to the fact that we've had three or four matches now announced for Extreme Rules. None of them have any stipulation so far. They're all just standard single or tag matches. 
Is it not a horror show? No, it's not the horror. We've had the horror. We've had more than enough horror show over, over the last year of WWE pay per views. We don't need another one, but it's certainly not. It's not the horror show like it was last year. We've got no eye for an eye or anything like that. Believe me. Um, oh, thank God. Exactly, <laughs> but I mean, are we just going to have an? We we can't have an event where there are no extreme rules or stipulation matches <laughs> in, in an event where it's called extreme rules. But so far. We haven't got any. This is the thing, though. Like, with it being extreme rules, does every match need to have a stipulation? It's like where you have a pay per view called Hell in a Cell, but there's only two matches at Hell in a Cell. So, what's is is it just going to be the last two matches that are going to be hardcore matches? But you'd have thought if you were marketing right. a pay per view to get people to either subscribe to the network or buy it on pay per view, you would straight away say the first match we're announcing is this, and it's got this stipulation. So far, we're only a couple of weeks off the event. There's a few matches announced. None of them are stipulations. How are you selling your themed product in this instance without its theme? They're not selling it because it's on the WWE Network. Exactly. Or Peacock. They don't have to in the US, do they? Yeah. Like, the, if they're on Peacock, who the cares? Peacock. <laughs> right. Let's let's get on to Raw then. Um, Raw was a very lackluster show as far as I'm concerned, apart from, of course, the end. So we might as well, unless anybody wants to speak about anything specific before we get to what we all know we're the going to talk about. Oh, the, the women's right. match. There was Let, three, three botches. Go for it then. I have seen it. I have watched the clip online. Go on then, Dan or Joe, either if you take us through that. So I had to rewind it to call Joe and I like, Joe, you need to listen to this. It was really bad. So it's Tamina versus Nikki Ash. Um, they, there was a botch in regards to like the, oh yeah, just before they go to the ring, um, they got in a little bit of a backstage brawl and um, what's her face? Sonya Deville goes, right, Tamina, you can go to the ring now and you're going to go and face Nikki A-H-S. <laughs> she botched her name up. So then she came out. Um, they did some move off the top rope um, and Nikki Ash went for the pin. Uh, but then it got counted as a three count. Um, the announcer said, here is your winner, Tamina, when Nikki Ash got the pin, and they were playing Tamina's music in the background. And then did they not, after the commercial break, say, oh, by the way, Nikki Ash sure won that match? There was some some sort of, it should have been a kick out, I think, that they had it all written down. Just, I think it was just the fact that they weren't paying attention for 10 minutes. To be fair, it was dreadful. Yeah, but nobody's meaner than Tamina. Ain't nobody meaner than that Tamina. Um, it's really weird that they've got Tamina and... Natalie going on Raw and having these matches, trying to build up uh, Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley when they got a tag team title match at Extreme Rules facing Shotzi and Knox, where the titles should change hands. So I don't know why they're building up. He's gone. It's gone. we're fifty minutes in, and all as always, we always get to this point. He's gone. That phone, that poor, poor phone. Um, um, Shotzi Blackheart and Tiga Knox. We're gonna. I like me to win the uh, women's tag team titles, hopefully. But have they have they shown up much on Raw since? No, they're and, on SmackDown, but they've just sorry SmackDown, yeah, yeah. They kind of been in or like backstage segment in um, Shotzi Blackheart's got that tag, isn't she? So they basically yeah. drive around backstage in the tag, and they just basically you just see them like in like the backstage segments, just like shouting at people. But they, I, I can't remember the last time they had a match, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm assuming that's probably why they aren't putting them together since. But yeah, we shall see. 
we shall see right go on then let's let's get on to it then so before raw biggie announced on twitter that he was going to be on raw and he was going to cash in his money in the bank championship after the randall keith thornton versus bob the lash wwe championship match so of course we've got monday night football back i assume we do don't we jamie yes he's on we, we yes. don't know monday night football was the raiders versus the ravens in a very very good game that went into overtime so they know that they needed to pop a rating from somewhere of course also they've had AEW hot on their heels lately with everything that's happened with rampage dynamite and all out so they needed to try and draw an audience in and it was a clever way of doing it and biggie was there and he teased it throughout the night and we had what I thought, because I have watched it, a fairly decent match. I'm sure you'll agree between Randy Orton and Bobby Lashley. Um, even to the crowd, where they were actually getting really into Randy Orton. And a few times it looked like he might actually snatch the win. And the crowd, you could tell, were actually really disappointed when the spear was hit and Randy Orton lost. And they did it quite clever, where he went back and he attacked him afterwards. And then his music played again, and it looked like the way that they'd done it production-wise, the music played again. So, you know, they were going home then. It was, the logo was about to go up in the bottom of the screen like it does when we were going to finish. And then Big E, Langston himself, the music hit. He came down. They had a little bit of a match. And, yeah, wow, we, we, we have a new WWE World Champion. Do we have any positives and negatives of this or do we have just positives well we put the question you just asked to twitter we had lots of positives and we did have a negative i'm pretty sure that joe you wrote them down didn't you what yes. did we have joe so, what did people say so we had the question on the grapplecast twitter page don't forget to follow us at grapplecast show cheap plug um what do you think of the big e championship win so we had a couple of replies uh one reply was off dino boy our good friend Dean. um so his reaction to biggie winning the championship was they're giving it away you will hold it up for five minutes and then before you know it, he'll be back eating pancakes and no one will care Fair point. Uh, there was another one from uh somebody called real nash bennett uh they should have made uh they should have given him the title five years ago they're five years behind the times hoping they give him a decent run and don't give him three minute squash matches the guy can actually wrestle give me a classic wrestling match like cesaro versus biggie and give them 25 minutes mm -hmm. uh, another one was from sergeant viper uh he said simply breathtaking there needs to be a change not to not to say that I didn't enjoy the Lashley era, but I think it'll be something big, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, there was another one from Haggers six six seven. Uh great move also means that Goldberg can get his revenge without the title being involved. <laughs> yeah, true. Fair. Uh there was one from somebody called Craig Smith. Um the guy deserves it, no one deserves it more at the minute in WWE, the biggie. And somebody else called Hijack78 replied with a gift that just simply said, whoop, whoop. 
Brilliant. Well, thank you and, to all of our comments on that. Go on, Jamie. And I'm just saying that I sent you that Twitter, that tweet that Big E sent out into the chat, therefore cashing in my plus five points. Oh, here we go. Cashing in on Raw. Haven't you got enough points? He probably does, yeah. <laughs> what What are your thoughts on it, Jamie? Because mine are that I'm happy he is the world champion. It's a long time coming. I'd have liked to see a bit more build-up as far as him working working his way up. It's, it's kind of probably the wrong way to say it because he is already there, but maybe getting some bigger wins over some more established main event talent before he won it. Well, he kind of had his Intercontinental Championship and kind of like dropped it, didn't he? And just been making more appearances rather than main, what I would call main event caliber matches. But um, I, the the only negative I take from it is that it took an announcement to get people to tune in because they're getting tanked in the ratings at the moment because of football, AEW, all this kind of business. It took that for them to put the title on Big E. Don't get me wrong, I thought by them giving him the briefcase, he was going to eventually be successful in cashing in anyway. No way could you put the briefcase on Big E and have him as a failed cashing. No way could you do that. But maybe it was a bit too soon and they've panicked by doing it. But as long as he takes the ball and rolls with it now, as long as they don't bugger it up, and I know that's far too easy for WWE to do, and they probably will, and he'll probably have lost the title by Survivor Series or something. Um, I, I, I hope not, but they, they need to ride that wave, that high wave now. They need to ride yeah. it and not come off it. I think you're right, Taron, because you know, you've had the, the killer EW of you know, all the spies of Adam Cole and Brian Danielson. And then obviously football's come back now, so you've got less viewers. You need something to pop the rating. And yes, it was the, for the ratings. But from what I did, read on Ditchy today, we're going to do it anyway, but in a couple of weeks' time. So they've just done. Oh, was it the draft think, they wanted to do it, was it? Yeah, so they wanted to do the draft. But I think the same as you, that they've seen what AEW's doing, the football, you know, NFL's on as well. Like, if they advertise that Biggie's going to definitely cash in, then it would get people who might, you know, might be watching the NFL game go, I'll, be, I'll watch Raw, even if it's just to watch the Biggie cash in. Mm-hmm. It, that would that segment would probably be the highest rate segment on Raw, I would have thought. It made yeah. me excited to uh, tune in and, and see what was happening on Raw. Usually, you're like, oh, I guess I'll check what happened on Raw. You'll have a quick look at the results and watch it in the evening. But it made me actually go, no, I need to make sure I'm checking the results first thing. And the first thing I saw was Biggie having a photo shoot with that title. Um, and it made me want to watch Raw, really excited. And I've seen loads of people like react. Um, and the good thing is, he's been on the roster now, main roster now, for about 10 years. And it's made the locker room happy. It's a champion that they wanted as well. So not only is it a champion that us fans wanted, it's a champion that the people backstage wanted. Um, loads of people, AEW, WWE, all different companies are saying congratulations and how happy that they are as well. It's a shame, isn't it, though, that they have to advertise the fact that this is going to happen rather than keep it as a surprise. I think we're past that now with WWE. They feel the need to let everybody know this person's debuting, this person's returning, or this person's going to do this rather than the element of surprise. Similar to January 4th, 1999, (laughs) WCW announced Mankind was going to win the title and everybody turned over to watch that. Well, that was Tony's fault. That was Tony's fault. And look where he ended up in the 
hits of AEW. <laughs> it's not obviously going to have to match the same impact, but of course, like I said, announcing it and then people tuned in and again it's got everybody talking. So it does, and I think regardless of what we think about it, as far as how it was done and whether it was the right time now or in a few weeks or months later, I think we're all happy for Biggie, are we not? Yeah, chuffed. And New Day were in the ring with him as well, so I don't know whether they're going to be like New Day. Well, there wasn't a pancaking site, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> but tune in this Monday. <laughs> There'll be a championship. I bet they announce a championship a championship celebration. Championship pancake celebration. Yeah, they will. They will, Joe. Yeah, they'll be massive pancake, booty o's, the D that in trombone will be there and everything and oh god, yeah. We'll look and forward Piggy to that. will turn on him and say, I didn't need y'all. I won it all by <laughs> myself. If only. If only. Right, let's have a quick rundown then of Dynamite. That was on last night at the time Dynamite. of recording. Um Jamie, I assume you have watched I haven't. I've been at work all day. I was going to watch it tonight. Oh, Thank you. Well, do we want to talk about Spoilers. Dynamite? Here we go. Come on, let's do it. Well, we can't really go too in-depth and review it then on the fact that none of us have watched it, but we did have Adam Cole's debut match. We'll have a quick rundown um, against Frankie Kazarian. I've read online that the match was as good as what people expected it to be because we are, do have two solid workers there. And, of course, Adam Cole did pick up the, the win um, in regards to that. What, what do we think... Where's Adam Cole going now, as far as... Because it looks like... Cause on Dynamite, as well, we also had, of course, a confrontation between um, Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. So we know which route they're going. And uh, the Grand Slam Dynamite event, apparently that's been made official now. I don't... Mm -hmm. Is it for the title? I don't know. I assume it would be, but I don't think they've said so. But either way, they're facing each other. So where does Adam Cole go now if he's not going to be in the main event picture? I said... I said when he debuted like, on the last episode, Alan. That was last what week. I said. Um, obviously, they've released a new AEW All Elite is Complete t-shirt. Well, now Adam Cole has joined the Elite. And it's like I said, Young Bucks have dropped the tag titles. Adam Cole's just joined them. It's the perfect time to bring in the trio's title. Adam Cole and Young Bucks to be the first ones. Did you see that there was that... Um tease somebody one of the belt makers did tease on twitter he shared a picture of a strap of a new aw championship and he said that it was coming soon so whether or not it looked quite there is a look, trios match i know that's not really for the title no, but no. next rampage it's gonna be adam page and the young books the I elite did... versus christine cage and jurassic express well, we know which route Christian Cage is going now, aren't we? He'll probably just eventually go back to Impact full time. But, yeah, no, with with that belt itself, the actual strap, if anyone can find it online, have a look. It looked really thin to me, almost as if it was going to be a women's championship. So I don't know. Maybe it's going to be a women's tag. I, I don't know. But if they bring in a women's tag and a trios for the men's, then, you know, then we're already up to, what, five? belts and aren't we I don't, think there's enough, I don't think there's any women's tag teams to be completely honest they tease a little bit of women's tag maybe they do i don't know because that could bring tay conti in it a little bit more because they had she had a her partner in that battle royale didn't they a little bit take Conti yeah. and anna j and then they've got um ali or the bunny um, and she's teaming up with um ford 
Um, and then they've got because, Diamante, and she's with Big Swole. I mean, it's the only thing for women to actually do in AEW because Britt Baker ain't losing that title anytime soon, and I don't think anybody wants her to. Well, they had Drew no, Cargill I... versus Leela Hirsch as well, didn't they? That was a big match. Yeah, and Cargill mm. went over as well. That's to be expected, didn't she? So they're definitely building her up. Um, yes, right. Shall we just move on to our lovely quiz and to round off the show? That was Ooh. more or less dynamite. Yes, please. We're going to have another uh, three-way tie this week. Let, uh, I hope not, because I haven't got a tie break. No, I'm winning this outright. Sorry. Let's have a look at... Dan is winning this outright. <laughs> Let's have a look at the quiz course. Um right, let's something like three three eight fourteen. That's what I'm going for. Come on, let's have a look. Well the quiz leading so far is Dan on fourteen, Jamie on eight, Joe on four, and I'm on four. After that, oh, it's four, quality four, sorry. Win, that quality win last week, the tiebreaker win, was it not? I called that the wiki. Right. <laughs> yeah, all right then. <laughs> um right, do you have you all got your pens at hand? Si senor. I have Microsoft Word ready. This is just a bit of a um, all-for-all, no real particular theme. Let's go for it. This first question gives you five points. Oh, yes. At Survivor I'm Series, the whole quiz. <laughs> at Survivor Series 2001, Team WWF was The Rock, Chris Jericho, The Undertaker, Kane, and Big Show. But which five wrestlers consisted of Team Alliance? No, look at that typing. It's Google. Right, I'm moving on to question two already. The main Jesus. event of WrestleMania, as in the first WrestleMania, was a tag team match between Hulk Hogan and Mr. T versus who? And it's only a point for the tag team, so you don't get a point for each, so I need both names. Question three. Who won the 2004 Royal Rumble match? That's easy one for you. Question four. Again, only for one point. I need both competitors. What was the main event of SummerSlam at 1992? Oh a quick Google, what was the main event? <laughs> I know what he's doing. Question five. <laughs> Who is the only man to win successive Money in the Bank matches at WrestleMania? Cool. Yeah. Number six. Who returned at the 2002 Royal Rumble, taking number 25 spot? You say oh two, sorry. Who returned at the two thousand and two Royal Rumble taking the number twenty-five spot? Let's go for that. Number seven. In February two thousand and ten, a press conference was held where Vince McMahon announced that he was retiring a pay-per-view. However, this did not happen and the pay-per-view continues today. What pay-per-view is that? What year? So he announced in 2010 that they were rebranding a pay-per-view. They were getting rid of one of them, a long-standing pay-per-view. There's your clue. And they said it would not happen from this year onwards. And they still had one that year, and it continues to this day. What is the pay-per-view? Cool. Number eight, 
Brock versus Rock was the main event of which show and year? It is only one point for show and year. Question nine. Big time was the tagline for which WrestleMania? Big time. <laughs> Up on my way. I won't go with that for And number 10. Not including the greatest Royal Rumble, the biggest Royal Rumble in history, with 40 men, took place in 2011 and was won by who? Oh, that's easy. <laughs> there we go. Right, then. Let's go for it. Number one, the five-pointer to kick us off. Team Alliance consisted of who? Let's start with Dan. I got four out of five. Um, Kurt Angle, Booker T, Stone Cold Steve Austin and DDP. I, I didn't have time to write a fifth. That is three points. Ah. Joe? Stone Cold, Cargold, Booker T, RVD, DDP. That is four points. Jamie? Um, I had Stone Cold, Booker T, Lance Storm and Kurt Angle. You talk absolute rubbish. <laughs> that is two points. Team Alliance was... Stone Cold, Kurt Angle, RVD, Booker T, and the owner of WCW, Shane McMahon. All right, three points, but it was Shane. There we go. Hogan and Mr. T faced who in the main event of the first WrestleMania? Joe? I I forgot this. I put Greg the Hammer Valentine and Mr. No, Jamie? Uh, Orn Doff and Roddy Piper. Dan? Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and Roddy Piper. You're right, that's one point if you got Orndorff and Piper. Cool. Number three, Jamie, who won the 2004 Rumble? I put Orton. Dan? Brock. Joe? Randy Orton. It was Chris Benoit. (laughs) 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 He did win it. I've seen the proof. I've seen the network. It's still on there. (laughs) Um, Right, Joe, what was the main event of SummerSlam 92? Bret Hart versus British Bulldog. Joe, uh, Dan? Yeah, I had the same. Jamie? I also had the same. Correct. Um, Joe, who... Um, oh, no, not Joe. Let's go with Dan. Dan, who is the only man to win successive Money in the Bank matches at WrestleMania? CM Punk. Anybody any different for CM Punk? All elite CM Punk, I put. Oh, all right, then. Well, there's the point for CM Punk. <laughs> Jamie, who returned at the 2002 Royal Rumble, taking the 25 spot? I said Triple H. Joe? I said Triple H as well. Dan? Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect is the answer. Uh, Number seven, in February 2010, Vince McMahon announced they were retiring which pay-per-view only to not retire it and keep it, and it still goes to this day, Dan? Survivor Series. Joe? Survivor Series. Jamie. Survivor Series. Survivor Series. Um, Brock versus Rock, main event of which show and year? Just a point, Dan. Um, SummerSlam 02. Joe? Uh, SummerSlam 02 as well. Jamie? SummerSlam 2002. Correct. You can all have a boy for that one. I'll be generous. <laughs> um, Jamie? Um, Yes, 
big line was the tagline. For big line, show. Said big time. Big time. Why did I say line? <laughs> big line. Big time is the tagline for which show? <sighs> I know, I probably got this one wrong. Um, I remember the event, but I don't want to say big anything because they get it. I went for tw- I went for twenty four. Twenty four. What? WrestleMania 24. WrestleMania 24. Um, Joe. Again, I put WrestleMania, but I thought it was like I thought 27. I put 25. Uh, isn't it Texas? It's WrestleMania 22. Ah. Oh. That was oh, my yeah, second guess. Where they well, had the pitches all yeah, around the arena. That's right. And the, possibly the worst, pay- not just WrestleMania, but possibly the worst pay per view poster of all time, which the WrestleMania 22 poster is just. Um, John Cena doing a bulldog to Booker T. <laughs> Look it up, it's awful. Um, and number 10, shout it out, who won the 40-man Royal Rumble in 2011? Alberto Del Rio. Alberto Del Rio. Yes, that is correct. Total it up, what have we got? 10. 10. 9. 9. 9. Right, Dan wins. There we go. As, as always. Dan on 15, Jamie on 8, Joe on 4, Taryn on 4. Dan, where can people find us on the socials? They can find us as Grapplecast Show on the Twitter, on the Instagram, on the Facebook. Feel free to give us a follow on the Facebook, on the Instagram, on the Twitter. We regularly update and give you a bit more of an update. You can also listen to us wherever you get your podcasts, Grapplecast Show, as mentioned, on your i iDevices, your Apple devices, your Deezers, your Spotify's, um, wherever you get your podcasts, really, you can give us a listen. Yeah, give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us a comment. Thank you again to everybody for their comments on our Big E post earlier. We do like receiving the comments and reading them out, and we will read out as many as we can on the show, as we did this week. Um, but, yeah, until next week, Jamie, do you want to sign us out? I must bid you adieu and <laughs> see you later guys see you next week bye okay. old one arm drag Brett screwed Brett it's me Austin I did it for the rock such a market thong wearing fatty number four arm bar I am sir Michael Cole! What?